good to be in worship with you, Covenant family. It is good to lift praises up to the Lord. It is good to spend time uh, in prayer together, and it's good now to go to his word together. Kids, uh, it is time for you. You are invited to go back. You're going to go to the Lord's Word together in some uh, kids' classes in the back. You're welcome to go back there. Parents, if you would prefer to have your kids stay, they can stay, they can go. We want both opportunities to be open to you. Uh, so now's the time for uh, you all to head back there. And while the kids are heading back there, if there are kids watching online with me, now is the time for you to get out your Bible and find Philippians 4.8 and see if you can find it before your parents can or your siblings. Oops, didn't mean to cause that. Okay, so um, for those of you here, we are... Uh, continuing on in Philippians. And, and it, is, it is our prayer that as we continue walking through this letter, that, that this will be an encouragement, that this will be a challenge to you. I, I hope that you are thinking about this throughout the week, that you are studying this passage, that you're coming back to this passage and talking to your um, family or your friends about this passage. There are sweet words of encouragement in this for us. So Philippians 4, 8 is where we find ourselves this morning. And it says this, uh, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have heard or learned or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Father, we thank you for this gift of your word and we ask that, that Holy Spirit, you would encourage and challenge us through your word this morning. Amen. So to put it very simply, Paul is telling us that what we think about matters. What we ponder and consider, what, what our, we find our mind just dwelling on, what we think about, it matters. It's helpful for me to compare this to food. It may sound strange, but I, I love food. If you know me well, you know that I love cookies and more cookies. Um, you don't eat them just one at a time. You have to have at least three or four at a time. Um, but here's a very disturbing picture that I came across recently, and I'm sorry to share it with you, but I hope it's helpful. This is what a pound of fat looks like. When I, if I eat too many cookies, this is what's growing on the inside of me. And eventually, it'll show up on the outside of me. So, the, you know, what I, what I chew on and what I digest, it grows things on the inside that eventually show on the outside. In a similar way, what we think about, what we chew on in our mind, what we digest as we ponder things, as, as we continue that, it grows things on the inside that show up on the outside in a spiritual way. So what we think about matters. What have you been thinking about a lot this week? 
What are those things that have taken up a lot of your mind space? Take just a moment to run back through the events, through the circumstances, through the feelings of this last week. What have you been thinking about a lot? What we think about grows things on the inside that eventually show up on the outside. I can think of two examples, one negative and one positive. I think of a uh, the negative example, I think about a year ago, I was struggling with f what was, for me, what felt like significant back pain. And, and I was thinking about it all the time. I was frustrated. Why do I have to deal with this? It hurts when I bend. It hurts when I stand. It hurts when I sit, when I lie. It hurts when I play with my kids. Why me? God, why is this happening? And me, me, why? And it's my thoughts were on me and my pain. And what that grew inside was bitterness and a lot of grumbling. And, and it impacted the way I interacted with my wife and my children with my coworkers, with, with other friends. Then I think of a, a more positive example. About two years ago, through some of uh, what we were focusing on as a congregation, we were encouraging one another to how can we be sharing the love of Jesus with others. And I was thinking about that throughout the week and asking God, what do you want me to be doing to share your love with others. And the Lord was bringing to mind um, children, hurting children in our community. And I was hearing stories about the foster care system and hearing stories about CASA and, and abused and neglected children. And, and I found myself thinking about that and reading about that and listening to podcasts about that. And that was growing inside of me a passion to help hurting children. And what that began to form on the outside was, was stepping into getting trained as a CASA volunteer and now being in the place where I can be an advocate for children and speak for what is in their best interest in the court setting. What, what you think about, it matters. It grows things on the inside that show up on the outside. So let's look at Paul's list. Paul gives us these things that he encourages us to think about. And, and as we look at that list, it's helpful to know that as Paul um, said these things, wrote these things to the Philippians, um, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is admire, or whatever is uh, noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, as he lists these things, they're all very common terms to his audience. They would have been used to hearing these things. However, if you look at the Greek words that Paul is using, they're not Greek words that Paul has used very often before in his letters to, uh, to the church. So, but they are very familiar to his hearers, and it's because these, Paul was borrowing in some ways from a list of what were in Greco-Roman culture very highly valued common virtues. So um, what the, the highly held virtues for them were what is true, noble, right, what is pure, lovely, admirable. You hear that and you're like, wow, that Greco-Roman culture sounds good. Um, so Paul is pointing to these, he's borrowing from these, and he says, think about such things. So as we think about that list that Paul gives, one of the questions that comes to mind is why? Why should I be thinking about these things that are highly valued in our culture? So there's two answers I want to give you to that. And 
Um, the first of those is really what we've already alluded to. The first reason why he's, why, why we're to think of these things is because what we think about matters. So we, um, we, we get this idea from Paul's writing, not so much in this particular context, but from other things he wrote and from other things Jesus said. When Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10.5, he says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. What, what we're thinking about matters. We need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Jesus says in Luke 6.45, he says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So in scripture, a lot of times when we talk about the mind or the heart, it's what's deep inside, whatever is deep inside, the mouth is going to speak um, from what comes deep inside. So what we think about matters. The, the second thing, the second answer that I want to give you to this question, um, why should we be thinking about these things? This, this goes more specifically into the context that Paul is uh, right, in which Paul is writing this letter. He's encouraging the believers to think about Christ amidst everything that they desire and pursue. So let's think about that. First, if we back up a few verses, in verses 4 through 7, Paul says, uh, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So he says, in every situation, talk to the Lord. And then we get into verse 8, where he, he gives this list. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So, so Paul's saying, um, whatever, whatever you are pursuing or desiring... Um, and then in the next verse, he gives us a little context. Here's, here's how I want you to think about these things, the things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He, he says then, whatever you have learned or heard or received from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So it begs the question, what have these people, what have the Philippians heard or learned or received from him or seen in him? So as we think about that, we can go back through Philippians and, and see what, what is Paul displaying and teaching. Philippians 1, we can um, think about what Paul writes in Philippians 1, whereas he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So Paul desires that whatever happens, Christ is exalted in his body, whether by life or by death. He's living for Christ. Philippians 2, Paul writes, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, 
taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Paul says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. In Philippians 3, Paul says, whatever were my gains, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He says any cost, any trouble is worth it for the sake of knowing Christ. What is Paul teaching and displaying to the people? He's saying it's all about Christ. It's about pursuing and knowing and sharing Christ. Paul brings to mind our common ambitions and our pursuits, and he encourages the Philippians to think carefully about these things through the lens of Christ. Whatever is true or noble or right, whatever is pure or lovely or admirable, if, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the way, or the way we are to be thinking about them is the way in which Paul has taught and instructed his people through the lens of Christ. Think about these things. Think about these pursuits and these ambitions that are common in our culture and right and understandable to, to be thinking about. Think about them through the lens of Christ. He says in those previous verses, verses, in every situation, talk to the Lord. He's saying now, in every pursuit and ambition, think about the Lord. So, so think about that. If, if, if Paul, he, he seems to think that every good pursuit in our culture is fulfilled in Christ. So if we walk back through this list... And we think about whatever is true. For the earthly citizen, there is power in truth. And for the heavenly citizen, we know that truth doesn't make us powerful. But it points to the one who is powerful. And we see our weakness. Whatever is noble... To live a life worthy of respect is a right pursuit. And those living in the, as heavenly citizens, we know that only God is worthy of ultimate respect. Whatever is right for the earthly citizen's pursuit of justice, that is a right thing to be about. And the heavenly citizen knows that it is it was Jesus who ultimately accomplished justice on the cross. Whatever is pure, the earthly citizen's pursuit of purity is valuable. The heavenly citizen knows that perfect purity is only achieved by grace through faith in the cross of Christ. Whatever is lovely, the earthly citizen uh, appreciates uh, what can be created that is lovely and beautiful. These things are good, and the heavenly citizen knows that, that beauty really points to the beauty of our Creator. Whatever is admirable, 
For the earthly citizen, this, uh, the, the pursuit of a good reputation is a right and good thing. And the heavenly citizen knows that only God is so admirable that he deserves our life of worship. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Yes, Paul says, yes, think about such things. Because with the truth, if we look at those things, we see the truth of Christ in them. If I am thinking about those things in the lens of Christ, then I see beautiful things about who he is through these virtues that culture is holding out. I found myself wondering this week, um, as Paul is, is pointing out these uh, value, these virtues of Greco-Roman culture at that time, what are some of the virtues of our culture here today? So the, the three that came to mind initially were independence, um, uh, equality, and freedom of expression. So if I think about independence, for the earthly citizen, you know, I think of it as in, in terms of I get to, I get to live the way I want to live, and I get to uh, provide for myself the way that I want to provide for myself. And there are good things about that. The heavenly citizen knows that Christ teaches that my greatest act of independence is to willingly give my life over to God in submission, in dependence, and in worship. When I think about equality, I think, well, for the earthly citizen, I am equal to all that I interact with. I'm equal in value. And the heavenly citizen knows where that value comes from. We all who were created in the image of God are equal in great value because we were created in the image of God. So I think about freedom of expression. For the earthly citizen, we hear these things like, you be you, just express yourself, be yourself, be true to yourself. And there are good things in that. For the heavenly citizen, we know that, that since I was created by God, for me to live out the truest sense of who I was created to be is for me to live out in praise and worship and imitation of my Savior in, in every way that I have power to do so. Paul's encouraging us to focus on Christ. He says in those first few verses, in every situation, talk to the Lord, bring him into all of it. Now he's saying in every pursuit and ambition, think about the Lord through the lens of Christ. And then he says this, here's what happens. The last thing he says, and the God of peace will be with you. As I recognize my ambitions and my desires, as I look at them through the lens of Christ, the God of peace will be with me. I, I read this uh, from a commentary, this line that I want to share with you, and it says this, Peace is not so much a subjective tranquility as it is an objective reality 
created by the reign of God through the Messiah. As I talk to Christ in the midst of every situation, as I think about Christ in the midst of every desire and ambition, I'll find myself moving deeper and deeper into a relationship with him. I'll find myself experiencing this objective reality of the reign of God, which is peace. Peace that he brought me through his reign on earth, through what he did on the cross. Peace that he brings us with him. Peace that he brings us with others. We can live into that as an objective reality of his reign in our lives, his reign in this world. We have the peace of God with us. So as we think back through this, to think about, are you taking every thought captive? When you recognize your desires and your pursuits, are you taking every thought captive? Are you thinking about Christ in the midst of every thought of your desires and pursuits? Here's what I've observed recently, which is both encouraging and sometimes discouraging. I think about the things which I love and the people whom I love. Do you love Jesus? Are you thinking about him in the midst of your desires and pursuits? When I observe that that I'm not thinking about him very much, then I realize I need to work on deepening my relationship with him. Two things I've learned, very simple things that help deepen relationships, whether we're talking with the Lord or really with anyone. And they're these two simple but difficult things. Listen more, uh, more listening and less selfishness. All right, so, so as that applies to my relationship with the Lord, it's, it's more listening, listening to his word, not because the Bible is so great in and of itself, but it's, it's I'm listening to, to these words because they reveal my Savior. So I'm listening to him because I want to know him. I'm working on less selfishness. I'm asking the question, God, am I doing this with me in mind or Christ in mind? If you want to grow in your love for Christ, then I encourage you to focus on those two simple things, listening more and less selfishness. I want to take a moment for us to think about just a summary of some of the things that we've uh, heard from Scripture today. I'm going to put up a screen, and this simply reminds us of some of these points. What we think about matters. It grows things on the inside that show up on the outside. Think about Christ in the midst of your every ambition and desire. And as you're thinking about him and focusing on him, follow where Christ leads you. I'd love for this to just um, help your uh, silent prayer with the Lord for a moment as you pray and say, God, how would you like my life to be impacted and changed and directed by your words to me uh, through Scripture? So I'm going to say a word of prayer and then just have that really open all of our time of prayer. And if we would all just spend a moment or two praying through these things, and then after a minute or two, the praise and worship team will lead us in a response. Father, we come to you this morning thankful that you speak to us. I pray that we would listen. 
And Father, in these moments, we lift up our conversation to you. Show us how you want us to apply your word this week. Amen.